What's up, movie lovers? Welcome to episode number 12 of Ready Play Movies, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of entertainment. Every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific or 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we discuss the top news of the week, notable releases, what we're watching, big topics of the industry, and the movies we love. If you want to write anything to be read on the show, send us an email to readyplaymovies at gmail.com or hit us up at readyplaymovies on Twitter. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if you like it please leave us a nice review this is march 30th 2021 and i'm your host lewis menchaca and i'm joined today by my co-host mr troy bracy yes i'm here how's everybody doing oh man troy troy man we gotta talk man we we're just we're hot off the heels of our best most uh, successful episode uh in uh, yeah. in our yeah. in our run here we've been yeah. doing this for about three months now yeah. um yeah, episode number ten or no, sorry, episode number eleven was last week. It was we called it BTS number two, and yeah. it was a really good, engaging episode. I really loved it. It was a video version. It was a hell of it was a, it was a it was a pain to edit, but it was definitely worth it. Uh, so yeah, if, for anyone listening to this episode, go back and listen to last week's episode. It was a very good episode. You can actually mm-hmm. go to the show notes and skip the spoiler cast if you don't want to listen to the if you haven't seen the four hour Justice League. But either way, it's good. Uh, it's a good episode about the. About the creative process in making art, yeah, uh, yeah, Troy. So, what what did you uh, what did you think of last week's episode? Well, first, I want to say, like, I I'm so happy that last week's episode is like our most successful because when it comes to all the hard work we put in in terms of like all the equipment getting set up, getting the lighting right, getting cameras where they need to be, and getting you know everybody there, trying to start at a decent decent time. Lewis doing the editing. I know that was a bitch. Like after all that hard work, I'm glad like this was the most successful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's. I think I had a similar situation with my YouTube when I first did uh tenant. Like uh, it was like my first tenant. Not review, but I I was doing something about like one of the trailers or something, and it was just like I had the hardest time for some reason, and like editing and doing it was like the hardest time, and that today is like my you know most successful video on YouTube, my tenant view um video so and i was and i'm like damn i'm glad because that was the hardest video i ever did so i'm glad it's um successful i don't think it's our best i honestly don't i think it was you know it was problems i enjoyed talking about uh justice league you know because i love justice league i love that movie so it was fun you know talking about the differences and i think we was tuned in but i I do think it was problems and it could have been a bit more professional and stuff like that but I mean, it's like I told Lewis before the show, if it got the most views, that's all that matters. Shit. <laughs> I don't care how terrible it would have been, it could be or whatever if it gets the most views. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Well, we definitely it was definitely a passion project. It was definitely um a lot of different things for different people. I think like uh for me like we we talked about it behind the scenes before we started recording is like my favorite part was the my the interview with Sam and that was Troy's least favorite part and it's really interesting that, you know, different people can have different opinions on things and maybe different audiences can find uh different uh things that are engaging and so uh it's it, it's it's interesting I, I i'm not like you know hating or anything like that i just i'm just more of like just you know surprised i would say and uh you know it is a process uh, this podcast is definitely growing and uh and that's actually one of the announcements i wouldn't talk about here for housekeeping is that you know troy discussed it and we're gonna be going uh forward not this episode obviously uh but maybe next episode probably uh, if all things go uh, go well we may be starting to do video versions of the podcast going forward and it'll be up on the ready press play youtube channel um 
we can, this is something that's not really publicly known, but there's a possibility that we might rebrand the Ready Press Play YouTube channel since uh, it'll contain not just Ready Press, not just Ready Press Play, but also Ready Play movies. So we want to maybe like rebrand the YouTube channel so it incorporates both uh, brands under one umbrella. Uh, so that way, it's uh, you tune in for both shows or what whatnot. So, but yeah, so I'm glad uh, that things are are going well and we're gonna continue to to grow and hustle and uh, yeah. So. With all that being said, let's just uh, let's just get on with the show here. So let's just talk about some quick impressions here, and we're not going to do any spoilers on anything here. Uh, we've been pretty much playing fast and loose with spoilers on impressions, but uh, the reason why is because I don't really feel like there's much to spoil, at least in terms of what I want to talk about. Um, I wanted to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode two, and I I was a bit like. I would say at best case scenario last week on last week's episode, at best, I can say I was lukewarm on the show, but ultimately I kind of skewed negative. Like I was bored with last week, which I guess is negative. It was like, I was kind of like, you know, very blase with it. And after this, watching this week's episode and seeing the new context and seeing the performances of the, of the actors and, uh, you know, basically doing some more very much real world T tackling more real world, more deep stuff, I feel like I am turning around on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I'm feeling like this is this is this is good. This is pretty much what I wanted. It's an an engaging story with like some uh, some undertones and some themes that you know that are hard hitting, and especially for a Marvel property. So for me personally, I think that that I guess Episode One was more necessary to set the groundwork because now it, things are starting to pay off. Um, and, uh, and I'm very excited for where the direction of the show is going because things didn't, I had certain uh, predictions that I thought the plot was going to go with. And then th things are just now suddenly taking a slightly, not a complete left turn, but a slight left turn where like, I didn't predict certain aspects of the show. So now with all this new information, now I'm like thinking to myself, man, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is, they're onto something here. And I'm thinking, and now I'm more like more positive now like i don't think it's like oh my god it's such a great show or whatever now i'm like okay yeah that's how i'm feeling right now okay yeah i i haven't i haven't watched it yet but i've heard only good things about the second episode like literally from anything anyone i've heard talk about it from friends to stuff on you know youtube that the second episode's picked up i didn't get a chance to watch it because the disney plus app was messing up when i tried to watch it and then i haven't tried since so i'm gonna definitely catch that i didn't like i was like louie i wasn't big on the first episode but i always say like episode one is episode one you know what i mean like you got some people that's ready to jump off the boat soon as one episode sucks or the first episode sucks people ready to jump off the boat and it's like i think marvel has earn the right to give them you know to to you know trust and believe that they're gonna work something out you know so i'm yeah. definitely excited about seeing the second episode for sure well generally speaking when i think of shows uh, i think shows generally tend to have amazing pilots you know there's a lot of shows yeah. that like have gr good first episodes and then they lose yeah. their luster later on things like uh things like lost comes to mind where yeah it's like oh my god so much intrigue so much mystery and stuff like that but they don't even know their own answers kind of thing mm -hmm. and then the answers they give are like very like you know 
they suck. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like that, where like shows can have good first episodes because they have high concepts or stuff like that. But yeah. I feel like with Marvel, since these things are not coming from the, they're not coming from that old TV um, idea of high concept, you know, high execution. Mm-hmm. It's more yeah. of like let's we we let's let's tell a story. Let's make a let's make an epic movie. Basically, is yeah. essentially what it is because it really is just one movie, like kind of sort of broken up into parts. Less so yeah. with like. Less so with WandaVision, but I would say more so with this one. This definitely does feel like we're in a three-act structure kind of thing right now. And right now, we're just barely finishing Act 1 here with the second episode. I mean, good point because, I mean, a lot. I loved WandaVision Episode 1 and 2, but a lot of people thought WandaVision Episode 1 and 2 started off real slow, and they didn't really like it. And it took maybe like the, after like the third or maybe fourth episode for people to really start getting what they were doing and liking what they were doing. So... You know, it's you know that's a good point. It's probably the same way here. Yeah. All right. And the other two things I wanted to talk about really quickly here are I was watching some animes uh, just because I was kind of sort of bored and stuff. So I decided to wa- binge watch the entire second season of a, of an anime called One Punch Man. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's basically yeah. like a like a, um, a comedy a, anime. A parody. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, a parody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a parody of like the shonen uh, animes, kind of like Dragon Ball Z kind of thing, where and instead of like uh, a character who's constantly training to get stronger and you know you know pushes limits, this character is already complete. He's already perfect and he's he's so good and can beat every opponent that he meet he meets with one punch. So much to the point where he's basically bored. And yeah. uh, I actually think that it's really interesting that the main character of the show isn't like the main character per se because I don't think uh i tune in to watch uh the main character because his name is saitama because he's always like the he can always just basically save the day by himself um easily at that but basically the 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 supporting cast the show is about the supporting cast and their struggles to just to beat the to beat the enemy and stuff like that and then you know they lose the fight and then suddenly saitama just shows up at the end to save the day and it's kind of interesting how they're based they're always constantly going out of their way the writers are going out of the way to side to sideline or distract saitama to like give a reason why he's not there and they yeah. they come up with creative and interesting reasons and stuff like that and I think it's really good uh it's a really good parody and I think that um in general I would say that you probably should watch like at least two or three uh shonen anime before watching One Punch Man so that way the humor makes sense because it is a bit of a love letter I don't think it's uh there's like there's like different things like there's a, there's parody and then there's satire and like satire t- tends to be more of like you know punching at the material whereas I think parody may try to be more of like a love letter to it I guess or maybe or maybe I'm confusing the words or con- confusing definitions but and for me in general like it feels like it was uh it's not just trying to one up it it's more of like trying to play with and against those tropes or point at the tropes in a loving loving manner kind of thing it's funny that you said that because I always wondered, I was like, how are y'all going to make a story around a character that always wins or like is super strong? Like, how do you do that? And then it makes sense how you said, you know, they try to sideline him or like, you know, make up some reason why he's not there. I was like, well, that's what I, okay, that makes sense because it's like, how do you, you know, I was like, this show either has to be amazing for them to somehow find a way to make his characters the strongest, because that's really usually what main characters have to deal with. They have to deal with overcoming, losing, you know, I don't know, coming back, yeah. all that kind of There's stuff. A lot of and that. Like, 
Yeah. yeah, so, you know, for this character to be so strong, he just whips everybody ass. But I've seen back in, I think, I believe in, like, 2017, I seen, like, episode one or two of One Punch Man when it first came out, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty funny. I never, like, stuck with it, but I remember thinking it was pretty funny when I watched it. Yeah, yeah, so, like, the, definitely, you know how, like, in Dragon Ball Z, like, there was the Saiyan, the Saiyan arc or whatever, where, like, Goku was on his way, like, you know, he's, like, he's going through Snake Wave, like, running through to get to them, and, like, the, the side characters, like, Go, Gohan and Piccolo and Krillin and Yamcha are, are holding them, holding the line kind of thing. It's basically yeah. a lot of that, where, like, the side characters, you know, the side characters are, like, pretty much the show, like, they're, like, the heart and soul of, like, the show, and uh, it, it there's a lot of episodes. I I feel like there's a couple, at least one or two episodes that where Saitama's not even in it at all. You know, so it's like that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's that's One Punch Man. Season two was uh, was good, and it ends on a cliffhanger. Unfortunately, I did not know that. I feel like season one was better. Uh, number one because they actually used hand drawn animation, and in the second season they transitioned to, to to CGI, like you know where they're trying to do like fake animation. You know, like they're trying to make yeah. it look like you know hand drawn, but it's not. Um, oh. So I feel like there's like a little bit of quality lost, you know. There's like a. There's I'm like surprised something. they're only on season two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, cause I remember watching that in like 2017. Yeah, there's like three years in between uh, season one and two. There's a lot of animes that do that. Um, but especially That's with crazy. certain animes, they're very expensive to produce. Some of them are like hand drawn and stuff like that. But now they're starting to do shortcuts where they're trying to use a computer, like. To, to make the animation and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But for me, like, I feel like there is a little bit of quality lost and uh, season one is better in the sense that it's a complete story. Like you can literally do watch season one of One Punch Man and then don't even watch season two because it's a complete story that ends and all, and okay, it feels very yeah. resolved. And yeah. then season two happens and uh, season two happened two years ago, by the way, and you end in a cliffhanger, and there's still no official word on season three. Oh my goodness, man, that's <laughs> cold. They do you dirty. At least with season one, you're like, well, this shit over. I mean, I hope for more, but it's over. But with season two, it's like, well, damn, they better have a, they better not pull some Justice League Snyder shit here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, we'll be getting into that here in a bit here. But the last thing I wanted to say is uh, Attack on Titan wrapped up part one uh, this uh, yes, yesterday, day of recording. Um, the, um, the Attack on Titan season four was supposed to be the final season, and now it's basically like a bit of a, a rug pulled from underneath us because I know that yesterday's episode was supposed to be the final episode of the season, and then like just before it aired, like the they announced that the part two of season four is coming next year, and I'm like man. that's season five. They're basically <laughs> trying to say that it's all one season, and I'm like, well, oh, damn. Man. Yeah, so that's crazy. Uh, six, the sixteenth uh, episode of season four. It, it's it's the it's the official end of part one. Ends in a cliffhanger, and I'm like, damn. So I gotta wait a whole year, maybe maybe a year and a half to to uh, see the conclusion and of everything. So the show is coming to an end, and uh, yeah, I, I want to say that in general, my my overall thoughts of season four was that it was amazing. It started very strong, and I feel like it was losing its luster, but there's definitely a lot of intrigue, a lot of mystery, and uh, so much happening with the, with the plot um, that I kind of want to see how everything pans out. But with all that being said, let's go ahead and move on to the news. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. 
All right, Troy, we got a we got a lot of news to cover here. So uh, number one, there was a MoviePass uh, hoax that happened. So I don't know if you know this, but MoviePass, there was like a URL that was uh, registered called uh, MoviePass Ventures, and it had a yeah. countdown timer. Uh, saying, you know, basically hyping up that, you know, oh my God, is MoviePass back? And everyone was like, on the internet was like, oh my God, what's happening? And then they were like uh, getting a comment from the CEO or former CEO and all that kind of stuff. And they were like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, but yeah, it was all just a hoax. Yeah, I heard about that, man. That's crazy. That like, who would go out that way to do that? That's goofy to me. You know what I'm saying? And I was actually one of the people that was kind of excited about it. I fell for the hoax because I knew <laughs> about it. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, oh, shit, movie pass coming back? What what the hell? But, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, so basically the this I, I got this article from uh, Cinema, Cinema Blend. And uh, I'm not going to just read this article because it is a bit dated. But basically, just before the uh, hoax was, you know, officially the countdown timer ended, there was uh, people are like were sleuthing and looking at the URL, like the the URL data or the what do you call it? The they basically did that thing where you right click and you like see like the 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 actual code. And then they were able to find out that it was all just a fake. And uh, I even went to the the MoviePass uh, Ventures website, and it has like a, a John Campia video playing about it, and then a little thing saying it's a hoax, like a little one sentence thing, it's like, "Hey, you know, we got gotcha you," kind of thing. And basically, it, all this was is just something a way to like uh, promote uh, the the. Uh, uh, the Discord server for MoviePass Club, and it's about people that are fans of MoviePass and just trying to expand the community. It was nothing really big or earth-shattering and stuff like that, but, you know, it's... I don't know. It just... Okay, what are your thoughts about people, like, just registering a domain name or, or trying to, like, pull one over people? I just don't understand the point of doing it. It's like, I just... I can't stand people that do stuff for the sake of attention or something. It's like... What are like? What are you getting out of that? People being disappointed. Uh, people like paying attention to you temporarily. Like, what do you get out of that? It's just that annoys me more than anything. Like, it doesn't even matter if it could be something I don't care about. If they're making up some fake about um, Tom and Jerry too or something, like I, I wouldn't care. Tom and Jerry suck, but it's like, what is the point of doing it? You know, I, I don't see no no point in that. You know, so that's the main thing that annoys me. Yeah, so I pulled up uh I pulled up the Movie Pass Ventures website, the actual hoax website and it says this website was made with around $20 with no purpose other than to fool friends. It was tweeted out by a Twitter user who have who we have no affiliation with and the media picked it up from there. Some article claimed that this was an official Movie Pass website which was completely fabricated by those journalists. So maybe it was supposed to be just like a prank, like an inside. Like, what if I was pranking you? Like, I bought the website, and I'm sending you a link. And it's not supposed to go to the uh, media, but it's only supposed to go to you. You know, it's like an April Fool's or something like that. Yeah, I mean, the, a lot of these sites, they, they just as bad because they're so thirsty for a story that they don't even do no, like, background check on whatever they're, you know, um, getting their information from they're just oh this is a website and it's saying it report it you know so you can get clicks <laughs> like they're just as bad as the people that do like these hulks these fake you know shit like a lot of these different trades and stuff like that they're, they're just as bad because they're just trying to make a name for themselves they're so thirsty to make a name for themselves and that's why i almost like don't even want to trust nothing if it don't come out of like the Hollywood Reporter, Variety, like one of these top websites. Because 
at this point, people are so thirsty that, you know, and the thing is, like, once it, uh, once it's almost like a domino effect. Once someone report on it, someone sees that article and they report on it. And then someone sees that article, then they report on it. And then it's going around now. So then people are like, well, it's rumored that so-and-so. And so now, that, like, someone else is reporting on it. Yeah. And like, so it's like it starts this domino effect of a rumor, you know, of fake news. And yeah, it's like, Variety, Variety reported on it before the hoax was discovered, by the way. And so did the rap. Yeah. So. You know, and it, that even sucks that even, like, these bigger you know, these bigger, um, reports are like reporting on it, but yeah, so it's, it's just, it's annoying. It's annoying all across the board. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess, um, it's, it's, I guess, um, I guess you can never really know. I mean, I guess the domains can get bought and, um, I, I just want to say as a, as a parting word and stuff like that, I used to be a movie pass subscriber. Like I bought, uh, a movie pass where you can buy it for a whole year. Like you paid, like, I think it was like, I forgot how much it was. It might have been like three or four hundred dollars. Like I don't remember, but basically, like you paid instead of paying like a monthly like nine dollars or ten dollars a month or whatever, I paid for an entire year. Like, and it, I think it might have actually been like it couldn't have been that much. I think it actually might have been less because I think it might have like I think if I did the math correctly, like it would have like totaled up to eight dollars a month or whatever for twelve months. So yeah. it, might, it might have been like seventy two like, bucks or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so something like along those lines where it was like, you know, a very small like amount or, you know, a per good month, deal. Yeah, but it was all deal. in a bulk, like one year, one year uh, bought and uh, or one year buy. And what ended up happening is I used up MoviePass for a total of nine months before MoviePass went under and like, you know, dissolved and stuff. But I ended up spending more money. Uh, I ended up costing more money to MoviePass for the number of tickets that I used then they then I bought into it, so I came out ahead, which I yeah. guess is what caused the movie pass model movie uh the actual business model to collapse and go under because everybody else was you know you know biting off more than they they paid for so mm-hmm. all right, so let's go ahead and move on so we got some pretty uh big news here regarding um a black widow as well as other disney movies uh this comes from the verge. It says Black Widow and Cruella are now coming to Disney Plus at the same time as theaters. Luca will also be released exclusively on Disney Plus on June 18th. So it says here Disney is moving two of its biggest 2020 releases to streaming. Black Widow and Cruella are now set to debut on Disney Plus as a $30 premiere access title alongside their theatrical releases. Additionally, Black Widow has been delayed for an additional two months. It is now de- it'll now debut in theaters and on Disney Plus on July 9th, instead of the previous May 7th release date. Cruella is still set to release on May 28th. Additionally, Disney announced further charges or changes to its schedule. Pixar's Luca will now be skipping theaters entirely, similar to last year's Soul, and will release on Disney Plus for us subscribers with no additional fee on June 18th. So no premiere access, just boom. Disney Plus, here it is. Um, alongside the new release for Black Widow, uh, Cruella, and Luca, Disney also announced the new, new theatrical dates for several other 2021 major films. Notably, Ryan Reynolds' Free Guy will now hit theaters on August 13th, and Kingsman prequel The King's Man will hit on December 22nd. Deep Water and Agatha Christie adaptation Death, Death on the Nile has been pushed to they have been pushed to 2022, hitting theaters on January 14th and February 11th, respectively. 
Uh, Black Widow's delay is particularly notable one orig uh, originally slated to hit theaters on May 1st in 2020 and has been delayed multiple times over the past year due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. So yada, yada, yada. Uh, I think there's really much, no, nothing more left on the story. So, uh, so Troy, we see a lot of, uh, a lot of big moves happening here on Disney's part. Um, what do you think of the moves in general? And is there anything specifically that you wanted to shout out? Uh, nah, I don't really care nothing about none of the moves. I mean, it's like, they're just trying to, they're doing what's best. I think they feel like what's best for them. Uh, it seems scary to me. It's like, put all these, like, even like you said, a lot of, a lot of things are starting to go back to normal. Like a lot of, with Black Widow, that's the only thing I kind of understand. They're doing a, uh, a HBO Max kind of situation where they're like, okay, look, let's, let's get it out. You know, uh, people that want to see it in theaters, we're going to let them see it in theaters and people that want to see it on Disney plus, they're going to make them pay a little fee or whatever. And they'll watch it that way. Um, and so I could kind of understand that, even though I don't like how Disney Plus makes you pay a fee. Like, they, I think this is like, what, second time they've done that? Third now? time. Third time they've done that? Like, I can't stand that. Like, well, third and you gotta, fourth, actually. Fourth, yeah, or whatever. Like, you got to take the L. That's one of the things about having a streaming service. You're going to have a streaming service where you're going to promise a certain amount of money a month for content that's on that streaming service you got to take either the win or the l depending on whatever the movie is but you can't like that you seeing what hbo max is doing they're putting big gigantic blockbusters on there for the amount that you pay for on hbo max same as netflix same as that so you can't be disney and try to cheat and say oh yeah even though you're already paying for disney plus you still have to pay again to see this movie i can't stand that they're doing that they need to cut that shit out but other, <laughs> but other than that like I understand them trying to put it on HBO. I mean, on uh, Disney Plus as well because they probably want to get as many eyes on it as they can. And they this movie's been done for so long; it's been pushed back so much, so much that they're just trying to get it out, you know. So, and all the other movies, I don't really care about. Hmm. So, what ends up happening with this one is uh, this is the third and fourth movies. So, the first movie was Mulan. The second movie was Raya and the Last Dragon. The third one will be. Uh, will be a Cruella and then Black Widow will be the fourth one to do the $30 model thing. And, uh, I just wanted to say that, um, I wonder how successful Raya and the last dragon was for Disney in general. Like, um, this move wouldn't, would not have been, you know, done unless some analytics from how Raya performed warranted this. And in my opinion, so like Black Widow, you know, when it comes to the Marvel movies, like the generally speaking, the movies generally tend to average about a billion dollars per movie. You know, some more than others, some less than others, but the average is, is definitely around the one billion dollar mark. Now, I don't know if that's even remotely possible in the you know post pandemic age is if, if, if a movie can even generate a billion dollars in the global the worldwide box office uh but i feel like if you want if you were to have a better chance at generating that kind of revenue at the box office you're better off not doing the premiere access thing because you know you're you're not you know when i whenever i've done the premiere access by the way i've done it twice already with with mulan and raya both times I spent less money than I did on tickets. Like I had, I made it a family affair where all of my nieces and nephews and my brothers and, you know, my mom and dad, they're like, we're like 15 plus of us, like in the living room and spending $30 is less for us collectively um, than it is if we were to all buy individual tickets or, you know, you know, two adults and three kids kind of thing, you know, like, you know, that kind of stuff, uh, you know, the movie but tickets. Yeah. 
but see the thing about that is that like a lot of people not gonna see it like y'all as as a family did that and that's cool and when you do that then yes you know it it comes out cheaper but with these disney movies you know a lot of times unless it's maybe like a maybe like a um avengers movie but a lot of these disney movies it's the kids that want to see it and like a lot of times kids drag their parents to go see it but a lot of times the adults you know they, they see it because the kids want to see it so if you have a lot of these you know uh movies showing up on disney plus it's not always going to be a whole family getting together to see a disney movie you see what i'm saying and so yeah. that's where it's it's unfair you know actually it's even worse because a lot of times people uh, kids are you know might not want to watch the movie over and over again now you pay thirty dollars to see it once you know what i'm saying so <laughs> it's like you the thing about it is yes there can be like if you do it how you did it then yes it's a it's a, a benefit but it's more likely to be a you know a detriment you know because it's like all right i'm paying you know this and i'm not gonna have a lot of family that's gonna get together and watch it and then my kid is probably gonna watch it once or twice and I just paid thirty dollars, so you know that that's why I'm just not a big fan of it. You know, it, you know, so it's almost like you have to like, dang, let me get a family together so that way I don't waste my money. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, I guess that that is there is a point to that, but um, for me, like, there's a there's like there is arithmetic. So some some accounting, some executive, somebody somebody at Disney was like trying to do the math. But one thing for sure is when you when you spend thirty dollars on Disney Plus Premier Access, you know, for a title, uh, you're all thirty dollars of it is going to Disney's you know bank account. It's not being split, you know, sixty forty or seventy thirty or whatever with uh, with uh, a movie uh, a theater company, you know, like or AMC or Regal or whatever. So I think there is something to be said, you know. Um, there is something to be said about what they've done. And now, me personally, I'm gonna just go out and say it. I am not paying thirty dollars to 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 watch Cruella like at all. Like I'm not even interested in that movie. Like not even in theaters, so or maybe actually I might watch it in theaters, but whatever. Uh, since I have a I have that AMC subscription thing where I get like you know tickets for every, every week, but uh, but in general, like I'm not gonna do that for Cruella, but I may or may not do it for um, for Black Widow. Probably watch it in theaters though because I'll probably be vaccinated well well before then. So um, you know things I'll be going back to my normal life and going to the movies again. So yeah. That's um, there's also something else uh, I can't find it in this article, but there was another shuffle. Uh, I believe that there was. Oh yeah, it says right here, uh, Shang Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings also is delayed to September third because of the Black Widow um, shift as well. So it's a slight uh, shuffling of the Marvel schedule, but generally speaking, like Marvel has got a schedule and they're trying their best to keep that schedule. And uh, this is the best decision they needed to make in order to make sure that their Phase Four. Um, you know, plans don't get totally ruined, especially because I'm sure that they they pick their order of their movies in a in a specific order to make sense for their overarching storytelling. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to the next the, uh, the next story. This is regarding Regal Cinemas. Uh, it's going to be reopening in April. So this comes from uh, NPR, National Public Radio. That's an interesting source. Uh, Regal Cinemas will reopen its theaters in the U.S. in April, six months after they closed amid the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. The reopening plans were announced by parent company Cineworld Group on Tuesday. Cineworld intends to open its theaters in the U.K. in May. Regal has more than 7,000 movie screens in 530 theaters in the United States. The theaters uh, reopening will coincide with a couple of big ticket movie 
uh, movie openings, uh, which is Godzilla vs. Kong on April 2nd. Uh, okay, that's April 2nd regarding the, the theater chains reopening. And Mortal Kombat on April 16th, uh, with capacity restrictions, restrictions expanding to 50% or more across the U.S. states, we will be able to operate profitably in our biggest markets. Uh, Mookie uh, Greidinger from Cineworld's chief... Uh, uh, Cineworld CEO said in a statement, uh, we will also be monitoring developments closely in the UK and across Europe as we set to gradually reopen across the world in line with local government guidance. So, uh, as I said it before, uh, Regal is the second biggest theater chain, I believe the second or the third, but I want to say second, the second biggest theater chain in the US behind AMC. Are you excited or happy for this news? Yes, I'm very excited. I'm very happy. It doesn't surprise me because I've been saying, I've been on record for saying for a while now saying that you know i don't think theaters this is not gonna be the end of theaters uh you know a lot of people been thinking like the whole pandemic thing was over and you know is it for theaters i you know i'm one of the guys that think theaters are gonna last forever because people love to see movies on the big screen so it's just good news it's good news all around i'm gonna be excited i'm gonna go support regal amc any theater i can i'm gonna go see as much movies as possible in theaters I already you know getting ready i got my tickets to see godzilla vs kong in theater so i'm ready all right, cool. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very happy as well. Uh, Regal did that thing where they're like basically like closing their doors to like conserve cash because uh, they did actually open during the pandemic as well, like right around when Tenet opened and in uh, AMC. And what they ended up doing was like because their foot traffic was so low that they were like, we can't continue to operate like this. We need to close. We need to conserve our cash reserves. And you know, AMC was also on the record of like, oh my God, is AMC in trouble? That kind of stuff. Um, so I'm. They basically did their thing and um i guess it, it's it's interesting because there is some there is some arithmetic involved in that because in case you didn't know there is expenses with uh with keeping the doors open you know from like uh um, electricity and um and, and food and stuff like that but there's also expenses when it comes to like um to reopening the building for the first time you know you have to order a lot of product and stuff like that from like you know, hot dogs and nachos and popcorn and, and all that stuff. So there's definitely a process uh, when it comes to doing that as well. So hopefully the, the, the balance sheets weren't too hard on Regal. Um, but anyways, let's go ahead and move on to the next story. And this is regarding the next two stories regarding uh, Warner Brothers. So the first story is uh, WB returning to theatrical only releases in 2022 with a 45-day limited window. This comes from Screen Rant, and it says here that uh, Warner Brothers will return to theaters-only releases with their 2022 films after inking a deal with Regal Cinemas. Hey, we just talked about them. To shorten the theatrical exclusivity window. Late in 2020, WB announced that the entire 2021 slate would be hitting theaters and HBO Max on the same day, which we talked about on the podcast. The films uh, will will stay on the streamer for 31 days after their initial release and are available to subscribers at no extra charge. The decision was unprecedented and as was much of 2020, and it's and it ignited a firestorm of controversy in the industry. WB's handling of the announcement was a flashpoint for criticism. The studio surprised most of their creators and performers with the announcements. Sans a few that had been looped in on the decision, Wonder Woman 1984 director Patty Jenkins and its star Gal Gadot both scored significant compensatory plans that would make up for the lack of box office take, but many other directors and actors were left wondering if they would uh, able to score the same. 
The studio promised that this would be a temporary solution on the, um, to the ongoing pandemic, promising a return to normal uh, theatrical releases in 2022. So uh, that's where this, the news story comes in. This is Warner Brothers has now made good on that promise, sort of. According to Deadline, the studio has reached a deal with Cineworld, owners of Regal Cinemas, the second largest theatrical chain in the world. Okay, there we go. Wherein the studios will release their films solely in theaters, but it comes with a catch. Part of the deal sees that Warner Brothers shortening the, shortening the theatrical exclusivity window with films staying in theaters for 45 days before the company makes them available for uh, PVOD or HBO Max. So prior to 2020, the typical theatrical window was 90 days. So Troy, let me ask you this: um, Are you um, are you afraid of like the theatrical exclusivity window being reduced? Because you know when we were growing up, it used to be like you know movies come out a year later, like on VHS and DVD after they moved the movie open in theaters. And slowly over time, it's been like being chopped away from like, you know, a year to like six months to 90 days, which is three months. And now it's a month and a half. So what's your take on this? I'm, I'm actually, I'm cool with it. You know, I, I think a lot of people will have problems with this, especially AMC. Uh, and I think a lot of the filmmakers will have a problem with this. But the reason why I'm cool with it, because anybody that wants to see a film anybody that's excited about a movie it's not going to take you longer than a month and a half to go see the movie you know <laughs> what i'm saying like and that that's when my and that's why i'm cool with like when netflix have movies that come out in theaters for like a window of 30 days and then it go on netflix or whatever like i'm cool with that because any movie that i'm excited about seeing i'm probably going to see like two or three times within a month you know what i mean so I honestly, you know, and, and to me, it's a good idea. It's a good business move for Regal because, you know, that that's going to have people, you know, exclusively going to their theater because it's not going to be showing in any other theater. You know what I mean? So it's a good move for, you know, business move. And again, it's like for me, my big thing is as long as I'm able to see the movies I love on the big screen, I'm not complaining. You know, the whole notion of only streaming service that's the only thing that drives me crazy you know like only being able to see the big movies i love only on my you know tv at home that sucks but if i can if i as long as i have the opportunity to see it in theaters and and besides it's better like like you said like when we were growing up we'll see if we miss the theater you know if we miss the theater run we'll have to wait seven months eight months to be able to go get it on vod now you know if you do happen to miss the theater run for whatever reason it's like all right it's on hbo max now let me go ahead turn it on you know what i mean so i personally i like it you know i don't have a problem with it so there is something to be said though because like when i was working at the movie theater there were a lot of movies that uh, in the movie theater business they call it legs uh there's a lot of movies like right, when right. i think of like uh generally they tend to as a general rule yeah. Movies that that target an older audience, like people over the age of forty, uh, like dramas or like Liam Neeson movies or like you know those certain types of movies, they tend to not be like one of those things where like you need to watch it opening weekend. You need to like you know run out to the theaters and go watch it as soon as possible. It's a lot of a lot of those audience members, like the general audience, they tend to take take their time with watching movies and just watch it like something. Sometimes on like week five, there were a couple uh -huh. of movies where like. Uh, the movies on week six or week seven were just as busy as week one because they were just sort of like continuing to like a movie was continuing to play for a long haul. Um, even as recently as um, what was that one uh, Hugh Jackman movie where it was like a, it was like a circus, I want to say. I forgot what it was called, but um, 
it was a movie where they it was like the last the greatest showman that's what it was like yeah the greatest showman would like basically play will play from like december all the way into march and it's still in the top five because yeah. you know it wasn't making like you know a hundred million dollar opening weekend it was making like 15 20 million dollars per weekend to the point where it was playing for such a long time and you know for a movie to like have like a shorter theatrical window we may not see uh you know see you know legs be a common thing anymore and that's kind of where I'm kind well, of like a little miffed or like a little nervous about that prospect of things going away. Well, see, that's the, but you got to realize like that's the business end on their end. You know what I'm saying? The whole point, uh, the whole reason why legs is something that's even relevant in the first place is because, you know, if a movie have legs, that means the movie is continuously making money for them. So on their end, they're deciding to give up that aspect of the, of the the whole thing they're they're just saying look obviously they're gonna think they think putting it on hbo max is gonna benefit them financially more than having a movie be you know in theaters for however much long you know that's because i mean that's why they're doing it so and in terms of like on our end from our perspective like it's going to hbo max so it's not a situation where it's like oh now we can't see it you see what i'm saying it's not like leaving theaters in a month and a half and now we can't see it you know it's you're still like for those people that want to see a movie like wait until week four or week six or whatever to see the movie now it's on hbo max so you could still see it you know what i mean it's not like oh dang now we gotta wait for it to go to vod in six months after only being in theaters <laughs> a month you know what i mean so you still can see it so it the whole you know bringing up legs in general is from a business perspective on their end but their end is the ones that are deciding to do this and put it on hbo max so they must feel like it's gonna benefit them more to instead of leaving it in theaters to just put it on HBO Max. I mean, I still don't never understand how the revenue in works with these streaming services. I, I really don't really fully get exactly how they make their money. I mean, it got to be more than just hoping people subscribe just because they have it, you know, have something new jumping on their on their streaming service, but whatever. But so that's, that's just how I look at it. I mean, I agree with you. Like, I, there is movies that I, you know, that's the fun of going to the movies on a random day. You don't even know what's playing. And then it's a movie that's been playing for eight weeks now. And you're like, oh, shit, let me go check this out. You know, that's pretty much ending with this. But, you know, yeah. a lot of times the movies that I love, I would probably see within, you know, yeah. 45 days. When I was working at the movie theater, there was like a couple like they were regulars and stuff like that. And they would like watch a movie, but they would seemingly like decide what to watch whenever they walk up to the ticket counter. Like they would yeah. be like looking at what's yeah. playing looking and then at what's playing. Yeah. yeah. And then decide from there. And so, uh, I feel like those, uh, you know, there's, there's, it's two pronged because number one, I guess I'm a little bit overstating the facts, but legs is actually becoming less and less commonplace. You know, movies mm -hmm. don't play long anymore. Uh, yeah. they, now it tends to be an anomaly, uh, than, than, than the, than the norm. Um, and number two, um, we live in a day and age where just content is constantly being inundated. Like, Back in the 90s, you would have like maybe one or two movies open in a weekend or maybe even like five movies open in a month kind of thing. And now it's like you get five movies open in one weekend. Like one time there was like a weekend where there was like six movies that opened or whatever, uh, like nationally, like like wide release kind of thing and like in certain busier seasons. So it's kind of like a, a, a thing where like I don't even know if we're even in a at a place where from number one, from consumer behavior, but also from number two, from content output, 
where we're even at a place where, you know, legs is going to even be a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I agree. All right. So the last thing here is regarding um, also Warner Media, and uh, this comes from the website called The Ronin. Um, it says here that Warner Media is moving on from the Zack Snyder era and is unlikely going to be restoring the Snyderverse. It reads, Zack Snyder's Justice League finally debuted last week on HBO Max, and it emboldened fans to push their next next phase of their Snyder campaign with hashtag restore the Snyderverse. However, uh, that doesn't seem to be really in the cards, despite over a year of, of he- hucksters pushing bogus scoops that Zack was coming back to make more films and oversee the franchise again. Variety spoke with a Warner Media Studios CEO, Anne Sarnoff, who poured cold water all over the fan speculation as she states that Zack has now completed his trilogy with the original vers- version of Justice League and seems to be more focused on other things than they're currently working on with uh, their other DC comic films. Anne also reiterates they never actually planned on releasing the Zack Snyder's Justice League until about a year ago, and it doesn't sound like um, its releases, its release has inspired them to consider having him return to make more films. Quote, uh, Sarnoff says, um, quote, we wanted to give Zack the opportunity to complete his vision in a four-hour movie, which is impossible to do in theaters. We're happy that we have HBO Max to let the rope out as it were, as it were, uh, and it allowed the fans to see all four hours of Zack's vision. Uh, I appreciate that they love Zach's work and we are thankful for his many contributions to DC. We're just so happy that he could bring his cut of the Justice League to life because this wasn't in the plan until about a year ago. Uh, with that comes the completion of his trilogy. We're happy. We're very happy we're done with this, but we're very excited about the plans we have for all the multidimensional DC characters that are being developed right now. So some fans have been hopeful that Zack would have at least been able to finish the films he planned to make after Justice League. That seems far-fetched given the vast amount of money spent to make Justice League alone. And there's a big difference between an extra $70 million to complete an unfinished cut and Warner Media spending around another $200-$300 million a pop for more films that will only that only small portion of people were asking for. So, yeah, uh, we talked about it last week on BTS uh, number two or last week's episode, episode 11. We were talking about like if this if this was like a successful thing, like if there was like a lot of views and like there was a lot of people like, you know, campaigning for it and like, oh, my God, like, let's see Justice League two and three kind of thing. I I remember having my doubts. Like, I remember saying, like, man, this is kind of like we're going to be left with the cliffhanger, you know, and uh, and this story almost kind of proves me right. You know, it's it's. You know, I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, like reporting from websites about how Kevin Smith told, you know, the plans or IGN got the scoop or like, you know, Zack Snyder put these storyboards out. Like there's a lot of like publicly known plans about what was going to happen next on the Snyder, uh, the Snyderverse. But it sucks not, you know, it's, it's good to have that closure, but it sucks not being able to see that come to fruition. And uh, yeah, this story kind of hurts me a little bit. What about you, Troy? You know, actually, you're probably going to be surprised by this, but actually, I think it's the right move. Um, <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, that's, I, that's a new one. For, that's that's okay. That's yeah, surprising. I, listen, I, here's why I think it's the right move. Like people at, and listen, we talked about it all last week. I endo- I love what Zack Snyder did with Justice League and I thank him for, 
giving an opportunity for the DC fans to get to love something like the Justice League. You know, I mean, I'm not even hating on that. Like, I think he did a good job with that, you know. But a lot of people are acting like Zack Snyder is Christopher Nolan. You know, (laughs) Zack Snyder isn't a phenomenal director. Now, I don't think he's a bad director, but, you know, he's hit or miss. And and I'm, I'm at the point where I don't want to see a bunch of movies that, coming out that I'm like, oh, I'm 50-50, it might be good, it might be bad, because Zack Snyder's directing it, you know what I mean, like, um, and, and Zack Snyder, he makes, uh, he makes mistakes when it comes to his movies, he really does, you know, I mean, even in the movie, like, I love, like, Man of Steel, it's a fantastic movie, very underrated, you know, I love Man of Steel, but it's problems, that movie has problems, and it's all be, you know, and there's problems from the director's end, not the script, none of that, it's something the director's end, same with Batman v Superman, you know, you look at that movie, the problems has stuff to do with Zack Snyder, you know, like forcing Doomsday in that movie, he shouldn't have been in that movie, you know what I mean, but Zack forced him in that movie, you know, and maybe forced the whole Justice League, you know, concept in that movie, you know, when it should have just been a Batman and Superman movie, it's already, you know, two characters, and then he forcing other stuff in it, and so, it's like, I don't necessarily, and then I've seen some of the stuff that I think he's, the stuff that he was trying to do going forward, some of it looks cool, and some of it just looks like a bloated mess, so, (laughs) personally, personally, you know, as much as I love Justice League, I think it was a good ending for Zack Snyder. I think mm. it's like quit while you're ahead kind of thing. Like stop while you're on top. You know. Well, yeah, you, like you get- the swan. It was a bit of a swan song because, like, I, I when when I was thinking about like the criticism about like the about the Snyder cut, it is, it is basically the the phrase is called an embarrassment of riches. You know, we were talking mm. about how much he overused slow motion and how much he was yeah. being very extra with his scenes and how certain yeah. scenes are very long for the sake of being long. You know, yeah. like the war, yeah. like the the Amazons, like you know, throwing the the or like firing the arrow, and it's a whole ceremony and stuff like that. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. yeah. Um, so, like from a from a pacing perspective, you know, things can get cut, and it's still you know a good movie. Uh, but that being said, like I, I I a part of me wants to see number one. I would have loved to see you know Dark Side, the Justice League fight Dark Side. That's number one. Like oh my god, like mm-hmm. I would just yeah. love that. Uh, And number two, I part of me almost wants to see like, you know, like an Empire Strikes Back kind of thing where it's like uh, the whole nightmare uh, sequence, you know, like the Mm -hmm. world like ends, you know, Dark Side Mm -hmm. wins and the Justice League loses, characters die and like that kind of stuff. A part of me wanted to see something like that where it's like, holy shit, things just went, things went south really fast. Um, So, yeah, I think I, I, I guess that's why I'm like a little bit more upset is like, damn, we didn't even get to see that play out. And, uh, and uh, I mean, and look, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Like it was left on a cliffhanger, you know, it was left on a cliffhanger, but what a lot of people are, are forgetting or missing is like, it's not just about seeing the story play out. It's about seeing the story play out good. So like, <laughs> let me ask you this. Would you rather see the story play out bad? Like, it plays out. Like, you see, you know, Darkseid comes and he, you know, he kills a lot of the Justice League, but it's a bad movie. Would you rather see a bad movie play out or move in a different direction and not see it at all? You know what I'm saying? Which one would you prefer to see? I'm not sure, to tell you the truth. Like, me personally, like, um, I never, when I was growing up as a teenager and stuff like that, I would be super pissed when one of my shows that I watch gets canceled and it ends on a cliffhanger. 
Yeah. Uh, like I never understood the the concept of it of making money and stuff like that. As far as like, you know, I always I was such a like a, a naive person who wanted to make something like you know you should make a TV show for the art you know for the yeah. to tell the story and finish the story you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean I understand that, but business wise it don't make sense and and it's crazy because you know again a lot of people are bandwagoners you know like when BVS came out it was so many people hating on Snyder and saying that, you know, Snyder shouldn't, you know, he, he dropped the ball and he didn't do what he was supposed to do. And the DC universe sucks. And it's but trying the, to be like but Marvel. Then the directors, the directors, the ultimate edition came out and that shut a lot of people up. Yeah. But. And the, the ultimate edition came out and, but I mean, the, but the ultimate edition didn't make that movie way better. It made it better, but it wasn't <laughs> like, it, not the, no, honestly, like the ultimate edition wasn't like the Snyder cut. Like okay. the ultimate edition just improved on a movie that's pretty much the same. Yeah. The Snyder cut literally made it a different movie. True. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a it's a difference there. So but I, I personally I like Snyder. No disrespect to Zack Snyder. Um, but like if you look at his movies, you know, he might make something like Watchmen, which I liked a lot, and then he might make something like Sucker Punch, which was terrible. You know, he might make something like uh Man of Steel, which I liked a lot, or he might make something like BVS. He's a streaky director to me, and I just want them to go forward with success. You know, I look at, like, the movies they've done without Zack Snyder has been successful. They, they've really have been, you know, hits, a lot of them, like Aquaman, Joker, you know, a lot of these movies, uh, Shazam, yeah. you know, a, a lot of the movies, since they went away from Snyder, you know, been success, and it's not because they're dark or light. I mean, Joker is as dark as it get. You know, so you can't say, "Oh, well, they got lighter since they moved from Snyder." No, like Joker is as dark. It's, it was rated R. You know, um, you know, Suicide Squad coming out. That's coming out. It looks fantastic. It's gonna be rated and, R, and it's rated R as well. You know what I mean? So, and I'm I'm leaning towards that going to be a hit. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I just feel like I kind of agree with Warner Brothers. They're like, why would we go back to? The times where, you know, the movie our movies are getting mixed reviews. They're not making the money we should. Marvel's killing us to where now we're at where we got movies coming out and their hits, billion-dollar films. They've had two billion-dollar films since Zack Snyder stopped doing the movies. They've had two. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I don't know. I just, I understand it. I, I agree. You know, I trust me. I love the Justice League, and I do. There is that element of wanting to see what happens next. But at the same time, we still seeing these characters. Flash got a movie coming out. Sni uh, uh, Aquaman got a movie coming out. We're going to, I mean, at some point, they got to introduce Darkseid and stuff like that. I believe it was rumored that they were doing a new God movie at some point. So who knows what's in the pipeline, but it's not like it's the end of all, the end all be all. There's no more of these characters. That's it. Bye to Snyderverse. They're rebooting it. No, that's not the case. You know what I'm saying? We're still going to see Henry Cavill coming back as Superman. Hopefully. Hopefully, um, but I, I'm pretty sure we will because I think he signed like a deal where he's gonna like cam have cameo roles. He um, might be in like Shazam two or something like that. Yeah, like I think that's how they. I think that's how they're doing. I think basically they're playing with Superman. And from my opinion, is they're gonna do basically what they're doing with Batman. They got the Robert Pattinson standalone in its own universe Batman. I think they're doing that with Superman too. They're gonna have his own standalone universe Superman. I think that's why he's black. And then they're going to have Henry Cavill pop up in, like, 
their Justice League that somewhat still exists, somewhat Snyderverse Justice League, you know, like, mm. you know, how you, you know, you're still going to have Shazam 2, you're going to, you know, Superman could pop up in that, he could pop up in Aquaman, he could pop up in Wonder Woman or something like that, you know, so they still have Henry Cavill for the, you know, to play like the cameo roles in the other universe you know the justice league universe it's not the snyderverse but it's kind of it's his, still his characters but it's not the snyderverse and then they're gonna have so i think that's kind of how they're gonna do it but regardless i don't think it's end all be all it's all bad you know even though i wanted to see i do slightly wanted to see that story continue that's just how i look at it and there's one last thing to say that i didn't put any of this reporting on it because i didn't really have uh, a good handle on like a, getting a good source but uh what i my understanding is that um the uh, the 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 Snyder cut of Justice League uh, pulled in less views than uh, Wonder Woman eighty four did. So yeah, yeah. I seen that. Uh, but I mean that that right there, like first of all, I gotta say, Justice League is more successful than Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Like you gotta look like numbers. Look, you gotta look at asterisks, right? Like that's being real. Like you gotta look at asterisks. Number one. Justice League is a four-hour movie. Like, could you imagine? Like, do you know? Like, it's certain people you that's not gonna watch that movie on the week during the weekend because it's four hours long. You know, or certain people might take a week to watch a movie. It's four hours compared to Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. You know, what I'm saying that's not as long. Secondly, Justice League is a the original theater version is a bad movie so like the vast majority of people out there that's not into the snyder verse movement they just thinking it's just a justice league extended version you know it's like oh like we've seen this already you see what i'm saying so for a movie that's like coming off of being a bad movie that bombed in the box office to actually being a very successful viewed you know hbo max thing that's like a huge accomplishment you know what I mean? So you got to look at the factors and factor in everything. You know, you can't just look at just the numbers. And also, Wonder Woman actually was coming off of a successful movie. If you think about it, Wonder Woman, the first one, was a good movie. So yeah. it makes sense for people lining up to see that and then being disappointed. Whereas Justice League, they had an uphill battle because it's like, oh, shit, you know, the, the other movie was a bad movie. So a yeah. lot of people didn't think that the Snyderverse would make it a completely different movie. It's just like, oh, we, we already seen this movie and I didn't really like it, you know? Plus, director's cuts are not, um, they're not as popular as one might think as well. Right. It's yeah. Exactly. that, And that's the point that I'm trying to make. Like, they're not like, it's not... It's not like Justice League is a new movie or it's not like it's looked at as a new movie. It's just looked at as a director's cut. You see what I mean? So that I mean, you if you put all that into context, like I put it like this. If if this was Justice League for the first time, it would have destroyed Wonder Woman. Like if this was just it wasn't no Snyder cut attached to it. It was just Justice League debuting for the first time ever on HBO Max. It would have destroyed Wonder Woman, but it's like it's a, it's coming off of being a bad movie. So also just just barely got edged out by uh episode 1 of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> well, actually yeah. it made more than Falcon and the Winter Soldier, didn't it? I could it have sworn it was just like 50,000 more views on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, it got, yeah, it, it beat it by 50,000 more yeah. views. But uh but I mean and even that being said, it's like a lot of people don't realize People, you can make a Marvel movie called Shit and Piss, 
And like because it's an attached in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, people are gonna be tuned in because <laughs> more than more than like seeing the actual characters, people are more interested in seeing how this connects to the universe. You know, Marvel's created this huge universe where you know everything is interconnected, and so people are almost attached to that more than the the content itself. I mean, if you think about it, Falcon and Winter Soldier, they're two B list. Uh, characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's not like they're using um, Iron Man and Hulk. It's not like Iron Man and Hulk. It's Falcon and Winter Soldier. But because it's a part of this Marvel Cinematic Universe and people can't wait to see how this ties in and what's going to show up in this that's going to show up in something else, people will watch it. So, it, you know, that that is huge too. So it barely eked a lot of this stuff out. But if you compare it like what it's going up against, the uphill battles that this movie faced, it did phenomenal, you know, phenomenal. Okay. All right, fair enough. Let's go ahead and move on to the extra news. We have a lot of extra news because... We basically have two weeks worth of, of news to, to talk about since we didn't do a regular episode last week. Uh, number one, Puss in Boots 2 officially set for September 2022 with Antonio Banderas set to return. Number two, Venom 2 is moving to September. Number three, Batwoman recasts Ruby Rose with Krypton's Wallace Day. Number four, Zatanna DC movie uh, moves forward with Promising Young Woman director to write. Number five, Jamie Foxx to play Mike Tyson in a limited series. Number six, Paramount Plus is selling $3 billion worth of stocks for original content. So that's, let me just reward that. Um, CBS and Paramount, like they're selling, they're selling stocks to fund their original content for Paramount Plus. Number seven, Black Adam movie adds Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate and has the same release date as Indiana Jones 5, which is July 29th, 2022. Number eight, Shazam 2 or Shazam Fury of the Gods adds Helen Mirren as the villain Hespera. Number nine, the Flash movie recasts Barry's dad with Ron, Livi with Ron Livingston and is replacing Billy Crudup. Number 10, the Obi-Wan series has an official cast list um, as reported by Disney's Twitter account and is going to be filming in April. Number 11, John Wick director is making a Ghost of Tsushima movie. Number 12, National, T uh, National Treasure TV series and a third movie are on the way without Nicolas Cage. Number 13, Russell Crowe is added to Thor Love and Thunder. And number 14, Godzilla vs. Kong has a $122 million overseas opening weekend, which is the highest for, um, in the post-pandemic world. So, Troy... You see all these headlines. Does anything catch your attention? Yeah, um, I got a lot to talk about here. This is a lot of like good ass news that I can't just pass up on. Um, real quick, I don't care nothing about Batwoman, so <laughs> I'm passing that up. But uh, um, Zatanna, the, the a DC movie. Um, I didn't even know they're doing a Zatanna movie. Um, I'm excited. That's cool. I like that character. I grew up on that character. Um. So that like that's a surprise. I'm just finding that out here now. Emerald Fennell, uh, that's her name, is the director of Promising Young Woman. I believe she's yeah. nominated for the Oscar. Yeah, she's a, they got a solid director, 
and uh, that's a man. That's a fantastic character to choose. I mean, she's magic and she this badass. She's a woman character. She's a strong woman character. So I'm excited about that, and that's one of the reasons why I'm excited about the DC universe in general. They're just making movies at this point. Like it's just fun to them. They're just like fuck it. Let's just they're kind of doing the X Men approach. Like look, fuck all this continuity. We just gonna make movies. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people don't like that, but I personally just excited to see a lot of these characters I grew up with on the big screen. Um, so Jamie Foxx to play Mike Tyson in a limited series is weird because I thought that was going to be a movie. So I don't know how I feel about that. Cause I feel like something behind the scenes didn't work out. That's the only reason it's going to be a limited series, which out. is Anton Antoine Fuqua is the director and Martin Scorsese is the executive producer. Never mind. It's going to be very good. And I actually am very excited about this movie now. Um, <laughs> You were, about like, to say, were you about to talk trash about this? I'm about to shit on it. I was about to shit on it, but no longer, not no longer at all. And it's crazy because that's a, like I heard Martin Scorsese being attached to direct this movie back in like 2015 or something. It was a long. Oh, this time is ago. development hell then. Yeah. So, but the fact that Martin Scorsese is still on board, that's that's I like that. That that means it's if Martin Scorsese attached to something, then it's probably gonna be good. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm very excited about that. That news right there made me literally very excited about this. Um, the next one I'm gonna talk about Black Adam. Again, another DC movie that they're just saying fuck it, let's just do it. Doctor Fate is going to be in this movie like wow now listen black adam might have went from the bottom of the list of movies that i'm excited about at least in superhero world to up there in the top five because black i mean dr fate again another magic motherfucker that's bad ass you see what i'm saying so yeah. if they do this person right like he could be one of the more popular cinematic movie characters you know in this modern generation of film of superhero movies i mean wow so i'm excited and i like pierce Brosnan. the the actor that they chose is a fantastic actor so i'm excited oh and look at them looking at the article right now um they're hawkman and and adam smasher and i don't know who cyclone is but they're gonna also be in the movie um Man. i don't know who aldous hodge is but he's he's playing hawkman and noah centennial i don't know who he is playing adam Man. smasher See, this is crazy. I'm going to have to look up who's directing that because with all these characters, they're going to need a good director to be able to pull this off. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's it's dope. Like, it's they're setting it up like it's going to be a huge spectacle event type movie. So, I'm excited about that. Who um, do you think is going to change release dates, though? I mean, they make, it's trying to make – it's trying it seems like they're trying to – Warner Brothers are trying to tell Disney to, to shove off their release date. They're trying to punk Indiana Jones 5 out of their release date. I think I think they're going to punk Indiana Jones out of their release date. Listen, Indiana Jones, they're trying to get back to being as popular as it once was. You know, so they're – I think they're going to be the ones that's going to be humble and move out of mm -hmm. that release date. You know I just kind of – I kind of wish that they didn't uh, – that Shia LaBeouf was still like a big-name actor because – they were trying to pass the torch to Shia LaBeouf last movie. Yeah, but that movie sucked. Like that was the worst <laughs> one. They, I'm, I'm sure they wishing they never did that. I mean, even though Shia LaBeouf is is pure talent, like he's a phenomenal actor, but it just didn't work. That, and I'm glad they're moving away from that shit. And they're still, you know, I don't, I don't know how they, I don't know if there's gonna be an end like of the of the end of a road type movie or what. But I'm glad they're not going with Shia LaBeouf. Um, but yeah, so Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Wow, that's the first time I heard the title. 
of the movie, and that's a badass title, Fury of the Gods. <laughs> Damn. And then you add Helen Marin as the villain. Ooh, man, talk about good DC news coming here. Like, man, I'm talking about people bitching about the Snyder verse. Like, look at all this fantastic uh dc movie news that we're getting here you know helen Marin is a fantastic one of the all-time great actresses and she's fit to play the villain you know and to add her as the villain is fantastic the title of this movie is fantastic and shazam one was i think it has like the highest rotten tomato score to date on the dc uh eu so i'm excited about you know shazam too um the Flash casting a new dad. Listen, I hate it. That's one thing I I don't know if I talked about. I hated the Flash's dad. The guy what? that act, oh my yeah, god, he, he he just couldn't act to me in terms of acting in that scene. I liked the scene in terms of the way it was written. It was a good scene, and then it pays off. You know when Flash is you know opening up like going you know to rewind time and shit using the Speed Force. It was dope, but to me the actor can't act. The guy that was in that scene, he just didn't act, he didn't deliver his lines that well. Like but Billy Crudup has been around for like a really long time. Like, damn. Yeah, yeah, but in that movie, he just didn't pull it off. He just didn't pull it off. And so I don't know if it was the directing or what, but the the like go back and watch those scenes. Pull up Disney Plus. I mean not Disney Plus. Pull up HBO Max and go watch the the Flash scene and watch his dad's performance. Billy, I mean listen, I know he's pulled off great performances in the past, but he just didn't he do was, it there. He was Doctor Manhattan in Watchmen, by the way, and uh... yeah, yeah, and I didn't like him in that either. That's weird. Like that's <laughs> that's so weird. And I love Watchmen. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I don't know. I just uh, he didn't pull it off. So I I don't mind him casting casting a, another actor um let so me now talk, Obi- let, me, let me talk to you about the obi-wan stuff because I, I actually want to take point on this one i went okay. to the disney twitter account and you got all these actors to so check this out you got ewan mcgregor hayden christensen i don't know who moses ingram is but you got joel edgerton he was in episode three where he's playing uncle uncle owen you got yeah. kumil nanjiani you got mm-hmm. uh from the game of thrones indira varma and then you got o'shea jackson jr which i believe is ice cube's son and you got mm-hmm. Sun Kang from the Fast and the Furious movies. Like yeah. this is a pretty insane uh, cast, cast list here. Do you see this? Uh, do you see this image? It's pretty yeah, dope. like that. I mean, that cast is fantastic, and I like how it was continuity casting in terms of like having Joel Edgerton. Even he had that cameo scene in uh, episode three or whatever, and uh, so it's kind of cool that. They're trying to make some continuity with it. So, I mean, listen, I'm always, I'm 50, I'm, like I've been saying, I'm 50-50 on that show, uh, Obi-Wan as a, a as a whole doing the Obi-Wan series, only because they announced that Obi-Wan is supposed to have a rematch with Anakin, which doesn't make sense because <laughs> they had a rematch in A New Hope. And that was the first time they seen each other since A New Hope. But if they do it right, and maybe they do it in some kind of force way, like they're fighting through the force or some dream sequence or something like that, then I'm cool with it. But if they just retcon and act like, you know, shit that never happened, happened, I'm going to be upset. So I'm excited for it, but I'm still, I'm on the edge. So, I mean, we're we going to wait and see. But that cast list that you just named got me a lot more excited because damn that's like probably the best cast in star wars for you know that that was is fantastic and so the last thing the last couple things i'm gonna talk about is russell crowe added to love and thunder that's that's great casting russell crowe is an all-time great actor so um yeah that's good you know them having christian bale russell crowe i'm really like saying wow man they're adding some you know some oscar uh, caliber actors to this 
movie. I mean, that's already three if you include uh, Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. That's three Oscar winners in this movie. So I'm kind of getting more and more excited just by the pure talent that they're putting along, you know, bringing to this movie. And Godzilla vs. Kong doing 122 million overseas. Listen. I kind of hate that this movie's coming out during the pandemic because for me, this is no doubt a billion dollar movie. I honestly think <laughs> it's a billion dollar movie. If you look at the views that this movie got, you know, for their trailer, like it's like 70, 80 million. I mean, we're talking about like that's like Marvel Avengers level numbers. You know what I'm saying? Like it broke records. It like a lot of people are talking about Godzilla versus Kong and for it to do 122 million in the pandemic era. Damn. Like this movie, like I, I'm telling y'all like this would have did a billion dollars. Like if this came out in a regular time and a regular, like this was, is a huge hit type movie, you know? And so it's kind of sad to see it coming out during a pandemic, but it looked like, Hey, it's still going to make its profit somehow, some way, you know? So yeah, that's one that I'm uh, excited about. I'm going to see that this, um, tomorrow actually. So yeah. All right. And the last thing I wanted to comment on was regarding the national uh, treasure. Uh, you know, that is an IP that Disney has been holding on to. It's been an mm -hmm. IP that hasn't really been like had its shine, which is crazy because national treasure, both movies, including the sequel were successful at the box office. They made mm -hmm. a profit. And the yeah. fact that they never made a national treasure three or continued on with it is crazy that like, you know, Disney in the like the post Marvel and Star Wars era, they're all about like, you know, squeezing and milking, you know, money out of all their IPs and stuff like that. And if yeah. you can't sell toys or, you know, sell Halloween costumes or make a, an animated series or whatever, like if you can't branch out, then your your IP is useless to them, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um so I, I grew up on National Treasure, so I'm actually low key excited about that, even though I didn't talk about it. But uh, I, I can't even tell you how many times they played that movie in school. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah, because of, like, those, like, social studies, like, history and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I done seen that movie at least three times in school in three different grades. Like, so, yeah, I'm excited about that as well. Yeah, so apparently they're going to be moving on with a brand new younger cast. I guess the name of the lead uh, the lead character is not going to be, his name is Jess Morales. And uh, he'll be, like, essentially taking the torch of like the the lead adventurer and stuff like that it almost kind of cool feels like a, a reboot than a, than a yeah, continuation. I, I mean i'm cool with that because for me it was more of the concept of that movie of those movies that made it fun it, i mean i like the actors that was involved but just the concept of you you know having to find stuff on maps and breaking into the pentagon and whatever you know you might have to do it was just fun it was just a venture fun adventure movie that I, I think that as long as they keep that concept, I don't really care who the cast is. I definitely wouldn't want Nicolas Cage terrible ass back. Damn, you know, so. I thought Nicolas Cage was he was he was part. he was one of those he's one of those actors that was great in his prime and like he's terrible you know now <laughs> like he fell off like it, it, like literally he was in Martin Scorsese movies and stuff back in the day yeah. and I just don't have respect for actors that fall off because. To me, all they're saying is that you're you stop caring about your craft, like because you it's not acting isn't like sports where you get old and your bones start not to work and you start getting hurt and start getting cramps. It's acting, you know what I mean. So if you fall off in acting, that means you're not caring about your craft the way you should. It's you you got people that's been acting since they was kids, like Leonardo DiCaprio and Christian Bale, and they're still at the top of their game to this very day because they honestly care about their craft. So for you to be Nicholas Cage and was once a great actor 
and now like you can't be in a single movie that's good or have one good role i mean i think he has like one good acting role in the last five like and last forever so whatever but I, i'm not bad i didn't want to get into nicholas Cage. <laughs> that's cool that's interesting i didn't that's an interesting hot take well i don't even know it's a hot take but that, that's yeah. that's that's new for me like I, I i guess i guess for me personally just uh before, just before we move on is i i've been giving i still give nicholas cage the benefit of the doubt so yeah yeah all right, let's go ahead and move on and check this out. Check this out. So we have uh, two trailers that dropped here within the last week, and uh, it's kind of crazy that there was no trailers, you know, the week before, but here we are. Uh, so obviously, first and foremost, I think the most hyped trailer that we get in week got to talk about is a Suicide Squad uh, 2 trailer. There was a Red Band trailer. It's uh, It looks really interesting. I mean, I got to say, I'm uh, I'm digging it. Like, I, I don't know why, but I feel like the CGI isn't finished because I think they're going to like that shark guy, the... Uh, they're gonna make him look more realistic, but I kind of like him yeah. looking animated, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything to say about the Suicide Squad trailer? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm digging it as well, man. It looks it looks uh, very energetic. You know, it looks like there is gonna be fun, funny. Uh, it's very surprising that it's rated R. Like that surprised the hell out of me. Like, cause I, you know, I I assume that they'll want all these movies to be PG-13 because they can make more money that way, but. You know, uh, it seems like with the success of Joker, they're probably like, hey, man, like, we can make money with these movies being rated R. And that's actually an edge they would have on Marvel. So it wouldn't be surprising if they start making a little bit more of their movies be rated R to just kind of be able to differentiate themselves from Marvel a little bit. But, uh, yeah, man, like, James Gunn, he's a fantastic director. And I have no doubt that this movie is going to be good, you know, because it's just... The cast is crazy. Just what a great cast. And uh, I like how they brought back certain characters and, you know, got new new characters for certain characters. And it's funny because James Gunn said this isn't a sequel to Suicide Squad, but it isn't a reboot either. It's like just a its own thing. So, uh, yeah, but uh, I kind of wish that Will Smith came back, though, because it feels like they were the two leads. Yeah, you know? I agree. I wish Will Smith came back. But what makes me feel better is they got Idris Elba as like the new black guy. That's basically <laughs> a, a shooter person, yeah. you know, and at least and, and they brought back captain boomerang back as well so and they brought captain boomerang they brought back you know uh margot Robbie as harley quinn so they brought back like uh, some of the cast that was you know that made the last <laughs> one fun even though that movie was bad i think the cast was actually really good yeah so uh yeah and i agree with you i think that the cgi isn't done like you could tell like king shark wasn't finished um, yeah but uh yeah man i'm i'm excited i'm excited for this movie and yeah. i wasn't at first so the trailer did its job <laughs> nice the other trailer that came out was a jason Statham movie it's actually coming out the same weekend that black widow was supposed to come out like in its original i'm guessing that uh, uh black widow moved and they're like oh shit we got a slot so let's take it so the wrath of man trailer came out and i'm actually kind of like the first half of the trailer, I was genuinely felt like I've seen this movie before. I've seen this movie a million times. But then all of a sudden, they take a left turn and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, shit, this movie actually looks interesting. So yeah. I'm actually kind of uh, um, interested in this movie, and I want to see it. So maybe, I don't. Yeah. I mean, actually, I, I, was about to, I was about to say maybe not in theaters, but I forget that I got that AMC A-list. So um, <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt me. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So did you see that trailer, by the way? No, I didn't see that one. That's the one I, did. I didn't catch that one. But uh, uh I'm going to have to check it out. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and move on.
it's time for topic of the show. All right. So for topic of the show, I got to say that I was just, you know, thinking out loud, you know, like I was thinking to myself, I wanted to talk about, um, you know, streaming, like, you know, how many subscriptions one might have and stuff like that. And uh, so I just decided, like, how expensive, how expensive is, is it to, to have all the streaming services? So I decided to, like, pull up, like, the prices of all of the streaming services and just basically ask myself, like, what if I owned every uh, streaming service out there, like all of them, just... I'm going to just like not discriminate and just say, screw it. I'm, I'm owning them all. And like, how much would it cost me per month to, to own everything? And so I decided to Google all the prices and these are the latest prices, um, as of right now. Um, now there are, there are situations where you could be paying less if, uh, you were like, let's say uh, grandfathered in with older pricing. Um, like, so for instance, for me, like I pay like $7 a month, I believe, or $8 a month for YouTube premium, uh, which is now $12 for new subscribers. So I get the old price, uh, like those kind of situations. Uh, but basically I'm just, just going to assume that you're, you're signing up for all these streaming services right now with the current prices. So I, uh, I pulled up a total of, I, I think this is 14, 14 different uh, streaming services. And now granted, not everything like is exactly like, um, how do I put this, uh, necessary. Like, I don't think YouTube premium is like a, a streaming service, uh, um, anymore because it used to have exclusive content, like exclusive movies, but they moved away from that. And now it's all about ad free viewing of YouTube videos. Um, but for me, like, because I pay for it and because, like, I kind of, like, feel like I need it, I decided to include it in the, in the calculation. So uh, just uh, in general, like, Troy, what do you think um, – give, give me an estimate. Well, how much do you think um, it would cost to have all of the, stream, the streaming services that I have outlined in this doc? I mean, shit, it'll be, it'll be more expensive than, like, having cable. I know that much. I mean, you got, like – shit just adding up what you have here god damn like what you think this is total here like 60 bucks or some shit 80 bucks all right I mean, try try 103 dollars like 103 dollars just to have all that you know what i'm saying so it's crazy because it's one of the things that like it's one of the uh, i don't want to say the bad part about streaming services but it, it kind of is because at least with cable you could say look i want you know before i'm talking about before the whole streaming service thing was a thing you could say let me just buy whatever the most expensive is cable i can get to get everything in one and it's probably still end up being cheaper than all of this shit you see what i'm saying so and now it's like when what was that? I was going to say, so, um, by the way, the $103 is how much you would pay if you have all the lowest pricing. Cause the I'm lowest like, possible. The yeah. lowest possible. So, okay. So, like, I'm going to just go ahead and list all the, the – for all the listeners. I picked uh, to represent, like – this is this is pretty much every streaming service that I can think of, or at least what's what I consider relevant. Now there are other streaming services like you know like DAZN or something like that, or like something more like niche. But and that's not to say I didn't include niche things on here. But basically, I decided to pick all, all the streaming services that I would like to have, or like that pretty much covers everything. If you wanted to watch anything possible like out there, this is what you need to get. So I put Netflix, Disney, Apple TV Plus, Paramount Plus. Uh, YouTube Premium, Crunchyroll, Hulu, HBO Max, Peacock, Amazon Prime Video, Stars, Showtime. Uh, so 
uh, Netflix, Paramount Plus, Peacock, uh, Hulu, uh, Amazon Prime Video. These, all of these have different tier pricing, by the way. There's not like one set flat rate thing. So um, what I did was I added up all of the, the lowest possible, like the basic plans. But me personally, I'm not a basic person. I actually buy like the highest tier things, everything on everything. So, uh, like I like watching like Hulu without ads, you know, that kind of thing. Like I want to watch, if I were to subscribe to Peacock, I would, I would rather buy the one without ads. So, um, yeah. So basically my, my, uh, whole, um, uh, my, my, my rationale beside behind the topic of the show is like, I wanted to ask you, like, was going to streaming and cord cutting was it the wrong move like because it feels like we're going back to cable and i part of me almost wishes that i could just pay one monthly rate and get access to all of these streaming services or mm -hmm. or just better yet have only one monopoly streaming service that has all the content because back in the day netflix was that monopoly netflix had all the contracts with every every company from disney to stars and showtime and like you can see every content like all the content, TV shows, movies, all on Netflix for $8 a month or $7 a month. And now it's like, that's not, that's no longer the case anymore. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, that's what I'm saying. I agree with you. Um, but, but that being said, it's a pros and the cons. Like you just talked about the cons, you know, now since Netflix was so successful, a lot of people, they wanted their, their, um, shit back so they could start their own streaming services and stuff like that. And now you paying, multiple paying for multiple streaming services but the the difference between cable the the pro the pros about the the streaming services and different with cable is that like with with some of these you know with what all of these streaming services for a specific content that you want to watch you could you know sign up and then you know in the watch in it for the, a month and then dip and then don't renew. yeah dip yeah so like if something comes say you don't fuck with paramount plus at all you know what i mean but something comes out for paramount for one of their uh movies, movies. like mission impossible or something mission impossible comes out and it's exclusive on paramount all right let me get paramount for one month now let me leave let me exit boom you ain't gotta never do paramount again if you want to or then you know same with disney plus i'm not a disney guy like i don't you know disney stuff for kids oh but wandavision is out well let me sign up just to watch that series and then i'm done you know what i mean so like th the good thing about it is you don't have to co fully commit you know you're not you know f a person that you don't have to commit to all of these you could just go whenever like crunchyroll for exist for example I don't care about, I'm not a big anime guy. I'm not going to be watching country, uh, crunchy roll and stuff. But when Dragon Ball comes Super, back on there, yeah. oh, Dragon I'm going to resubscribe oh. to crunchy roll. I'm going to be watching all of, you know what I'm saying? And then when Dragon Ball is over again, all right, I no longer want it. With cable is a bit different. With cable is like, you know, I remember having a bunch of, when we had cable growing up, it was like a bunch of channels that I never watched. No one in my family watched, but we were still <laughs> paying for it because we had everything. So that's a bit, you know, that's, that is the difference you're not have you there's no one that's saying you have to be committed to all of these but at the same time it sucks because you know if you're just a person that's simple and you just want to be able to have access to everything you looking at a, a hundred plus dollars 131 for me if like because i would only want to buy the the premium tiers right uh, so you're looking at like 130 something dollars so i mean again this is pros and it's cons and like i always said like movies theaters aren't competing with streaming services cable is competing with streaming services and I, I think that was something that everybody always had wrong and uh and this shows it 
Yeah, so uh, for me personally, by the way, out of all of the streaming services that I listed here on this uh, on this roundup, I am not subscribed to Paramount Plus or Peacock or Stars or Showtime. So I have everything else. Um, yeah. So I feel like I'm I feel like I'm like a part of me feels like Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet. Like I have all of the stones kind of thing. Yeah, um, all the main stones. <laughs> all the main stones, exactly. Uh, so yeah, like I just wanted to say that there's a, there's a bit of a, a like a like a like a murky dark future that I can see because um, well, you're right there is like that that we talked about on the story like a couple weeks ago about how consumers are like subscribing for a month and then dipping and stuff like that and there's like some like rumors that I was like reading about or speculation not I guess more speculation than rumors is that what if these uh, these uh, streaming services require commitment you know what I mean like what if they become like where you need us. You need to uh, promise that you're going to subscribe for a year or pay a penalty to cancel. Yeah, see that'll be a that 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 would be a problem. That would be actually a problem, but that would hurt the. I think it would hurt them as 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 a whole because you know what's going to start happening. A lot more people are going to start watching their stuff illegally because, <laughs> the, like, and 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 it's true because here's the thing with with pot with streaming services it make pirating so much easier like you can literally see the shit in hd the week of when it comes to these streaming services like you never could do that with movies at first like with movies you know it's gonna it'll take a while and then when it do come it's probably gonna look bootleg and then whatever whatever with streaming somehow whoever does the does the pirating however it works for some reason when something's being streamed it's easier to to do the pirating so i honestly think that would be a huge detriment to them i think that would be a mistake because it'll make people you know almost in a mad way like all right y'all motherfuckers want to charge me i'm gonna go watch this shit illegally you know what i mean um and it's nothing for people to do that so i don't know if they would ever do that because of pirating but who knows you know who knows yeah also i just wanted to give one last comment here i count one two three uh, three services that have the word plus in it: Disney Plus, Apple TV Plus, and Paramount Plus. <laughs> well, the reason why they have plus in it because these idiots they already had streaming like quote unquote streaming services. Like Disney had like Disney Go or some shit like that. It was like Disney. It was a different version of like a less version of Disney Plus. And then CBS right? All Access. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like and they'll have already. So they already have like. Uh, different like stuff that would represent a streaming service. So you that they have to put plus on it at the end to uh, indicate that no, this is like the real deal. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah, so uh, just an interesting discussion here to, th- to talk about as far as like, you know, the cost of, you know, the cost of having all of these streaming services. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I feel like I could be in a minor- minority because it feels like maybe more consumers are going to be more uh, savvy with their money, you know. Um, but me personally, I like having a- I like having everything all at once and stuff like that. And uh, yeah. uh, there's a, a lot of services like Crunchyroll where I would like still pay for it month to month and like not use it. And then suddenly I get an anime kick and now I'm like, back on Crunchyroll kind of thing, like as I talked about here on the show. Right. Um, but anyways, uh, let's go ahead and, uh, and move on to Netflix and chill. 
All right. So for Netflix and chill, we do the charts for the streaming services as well as give a recommendation as to what you can watch on a streaming service right now. So for the charts, let's go ahead and hit up the uh, the Netflix charts. At number one is a a movie called Bad Trip, which is kind of like a uh, like a hybrid between a movie and a uh, like a like jackass kind of like bad grandpa mm-hmm. where it's like real people are being like pranked and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's number number two is Who Killed Sarah, which is a, a foreign film. Uh, number three is The Irregulars. By the way, just as a separate side note, I've been noticing uh, that there's been a lot of foreign films that are becoming Netflix that are like quote unquote Netflix originals because their Netflix is buying the rights. So a lot of uh, a lot of uh, foreign stuff uh, uh, gets trending on Netflix. By the way, um, number four is Secret Magic Control Agency. Number five is Jenny and Georgia. Number six is Seaspiracy. Number seven is Nailed It. Double Trouble. Number eight is Coco Melon. Number nine is a a week away, and number ten is Big Time Rush. Now, I, one of these days, I'm gonna just make up a chart and make up fake names and see if you catch on to it, Troy. But what do you think mm-hmm. of these? Uh, what do you think of this chart? Well, I actually seen Bad Trip uh, last night with my homie Saul, and uh, <laughs> these are movies, man, that they like movies like this bug me so much. Why? And ma- and mainly because this movie was so bad, but it was I was such a hypocrite at the same time because I was laughing my ass off, like <laughs> like. It is, you know, when the movie sucks, it's a part of you that just feels shameful for actually laughing at this shit. It's like, damn, it's such a bad film. But at the same time, it's like funny is funny. You know, that's one of the things like you can't like funny is funny. You know what I mean? And uh, as bad as this movie was, I was it was multiple times where I'm gut busting, like crying, laughing at the same time. So. Uh, and a lot of it was the parts where it wasn't about like being a movie. It was kind of like, like you said, it was a hybrid between being a movie and being like jackass or some shit, you know. And yeah. it was those parts of the, you know, stuff that was funny because it almost like that. It wasn't really a movie. It was just about being funny, you know. And uh, yeah, so you know, again, I the mix mix I got a mix because I was laughing, but it was terrible. So, but yeah, I, I did see that one at all these. All right, cool. Uh, Let's go ahead and move on to the iTunes charts. And uh, by the way, last two weeks ago, uh, when we did the the charts, Tenet was all the way down to number nine. And I'll go ahead and lead with this because that's the big story is that, uh, you know, I was afraid that Tenet was going to be gone from the chart all entirely because it had been two weeks since we last talked about it. And also, you know, it's at at the number nine spot, but it climbed. It's at the number six spot. So <laughs> it's staying on. It refuses. Crazy, man. <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and go over the iTunes chart proper. Number one is Promising Young Woman. Number two is News of the World. It completely re-entered the chart, by the way. So I looked into it. News of the World has now uh, lowered its price because it was premium uh, video on demand at $20. And now it's at, a, it's at the rental window for like 6 bucks. So News of the World is back on the chart at uh, number two. And then number three is The Vault, which is a Freddie Highmore movie that's coming straight to uh, like digital. And uh, I got to say, I'm, I'm uh, got to uh, pay my respects to Freddie Highmore. He was a child actor and he's, you know, and he's still working today. So that's cool. Um, number four is uh, Monster Hunter. Number five is Horizon Line. Number six was the aforementioned Tenet. Number seven is The Crudes, A New Age. And number eight, 
Now, check this out. A movie from 1995, directed by Michael Mann, starring Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, Heat. Hey, there you go. Uh, number nine is Wonder Woman 1984, and number 10 is the Gerard Butler movie Unhinged. Now, what do you think of the the iTunes chart? Yeah, uh, it's crazy. Like, Heat, it's cool. I always like when I see classics, like... Just randomly it, pop up in the top ten. Yeah, yeah, because it shows that 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 they are what they are. They're classics, and it's not like they're forgotten. You know, I always be worried that classics could kind of go under the radar. But like when stuff like this happens, you know that no, they're classics, and people still will want to watch them, no matter how many years pass. Um, Wonder Woman being on there kind of surprised me because I like again, I I didn't think Wonder Woman was that good, so I didn't think it would like you know stick around in any top 10 anything but it's 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 hanging on it's so and there is a lot of people that like it you know you include it uh tenant and that tenant is going to continue to keep surprising me man like <laughs> like that i don't know if tenant's going to go anywhere anytime soon for it to be at number six think how long it'll take for it to be at number 11 if it went up to number six like <laughs> What a damn movie that is! So, and I'm and I'm glad I wouldn't care if it's on there for the rest of the year. Shit, I, I love Tenet. So yeah, that's that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping that Warner Brothers doesn't take a financial L on Tenet. By the way, when the, when it's all said and done, and it hopefully it stays that that way. And you know, um, I don't think so. I think I honestly think they're gonna cut even with Tenet because I think Tenet. First of all, Tenet did better than a lot of people thought. I mean, did better than a lot of people are acting like it did in the box office. I mean, it didn't do good. It didn't, you know, but compared to, you know, the pandemic, like literally in the middle of the pandemic, it did solid numbers. And then plus the, you know, Blu-ray sales, plus whatever they can make off of any streaming services and stuff like that. I think and I, I, when it's all said and done, I think they're going to cut even. I don't think they're going to bomb. By the way, separate side note, Tenet came out in August of last year. We're way past the 90-day exclusive window, by the way. It should be playing for free on HBO Max, but it's not. So that's mm. interesting. Well, see, yeah, I mean, they probably like, shit, we need to get our money for that. Because, look, <laughs> Tenet is the only one that didn't, it dropped before the whole, you know, everything going to go to HBO Max kind of deal happened. You yeah. know what I mean? So, uh, and they spent a lot of money on that. For that to be original, I think it's like the... Most money ever spent on an original film or something like that. It bo broke a record of being like the most expensive original movie of all time or something like that. So I honestly feel like, look, they're trying to make as much money they can on that because that's a big loss, you know, if they do lose money. So I think they're just trying to scratch back on that one. Okay. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the Amazon uh, charts here. So I wanted to make a quick note here and say that everything on this Amazon top 10 chart is the 4K version of the movie. I just decided to make a mental notice to like, oh, it's like his, they usually make report movies twice. Like sometimes like we talked about how like Monster Hunter and the Croods was on there because one was the 4K version and one was the, the, the 1080p version. So now here on this chart, there is no repeats and they're all the 4K versions. So at number one is The Father. Number two is Minari. Number three is News of the World. Number four is The Crude's A New Age, still in the top five. Uh, Promising Young Woman is number five. Number six is The Mauritanian. Number seven is Land. Number eight is Monster Hunter. And number nine is Greenland. And finally, rounding it out the top ten is a Mark Wahlberg, called, uh, a Mark Wahlberg movie called Lone Survivor. So, um, yeah, this is an interesting uh, 
interesting top 10 in the sense that, you know, the crude's new age, we talked about on one of the previous charts is that the 1080p version of the movie charted higher than the 4K version of the movie. So it's interesting to see that families are now, you know, number one, they're still renting it or, or renting or buying this movie, number one. And number two, they're opting to watch the 4K version of the movie. Uh, so what do you think of this chart? Well, real quick, I got to say, like, 4K, I love 4K because, like, I, I'm just starting to be a big 4K person, like, in terms of noticing the difference because I've been watching, like, uh, HD stuff, and I was like, you really do see the difference. Like, I was like, man, it blows me away because I'm like, did they make it look extra blurry than it used to? Like, I don't remember <laughs> HD. I remember, like, when I, like, uh, just a few years back, like, I watched something on, you know, DVD, and I'm like, well, this shit still, this it looks good. Like, it looks fantastic. And now, like, you know, you watch some 4K stuff and then go back to watching some DVD stuff. It's almost like they make the DVD stuff look like, like the, VHS. more blurry. Yeah, like, really. It's like, wow. So, I, I mean, it, that goes to show how good of quality 4K is. And uh, so, yeah, so I love 4K. It's cool to see all of these in 4K. And uh, and uh, lastly, number ten being um, Lone Survivors, I think it's my favorite Mark Wahlberg movie. Uh, one of my favorite Mark Wahlberg movies to this day. I really enjoy that movie, so uh, it's cool to see that. Yeah, in the top based 10. on a true story, and it's yeah, it's uh, he gives a really good riveting performance. You know, you can see that mm-hmm. that fight or flight in his eyes, man. Like, yeah, uh, really good movie, really good movie. Yeah. So uh, my recommendation for the week is I actually I usually like to. By the way, like as a general rule for me personally I actually like to recommend something that I have already watched before in the past this is my first recommendation that I have not seen it but I watched the trailer for it um, and this is something that you can watch if you're already a Hulu subscriber you can watch it just without you know just essentially for free if you already pay for Hulu for whatever reason um, yeah attack the block is a movie oh, starring movie. John Boyega before he was Finn in Star Wars. This was a movie that came out in 2011, and it's um, they got he's got his British accent going on, and everyone's British. Um, it's like um, it, the movie takes place in South London, where um, an alien invasion just happens, and, and John Boyega and his gang, his teenage, he's, he's a teenager, and all his teenage gang is just gonna go out and fight some aliens and stuff like that. It looks like an action an action comedy. I watched the trailer and I was digging it, and I'm like thinking to myself. Well, damn, I already pay for Hulu. Why don't I just watch this movie? So I might try to watch this movie. Maybe I'll have impressions next week. But yeah, Attack the Block. Yeah. Go ahead and yeah, watch that's it. Yeah, that's, that's a very fun movie. And fun fact, that's what helped get him his role in Force Awakens. J.J. Abrams seen that movie and said he'll put him in a in a movie one day. And it was before he was directing Star Wars. But uh, he kept his promise to J- uh, John Boyega and put him in a movie. And that was The Force Awakens. So, Damn. yeah, uh, great performance in that movie. And it was a fun movie. Fun, fun movie. I'm glad I'm glad you watched it because I I've, I've heard of it because of whenever John Boyega got cast, but because you know it was you know it's a British movie and you know these movies don't Hollywood tends I to actually, be. You know. I, I actually watched that movie before the Force Awakens came out because what? I wanted to see who the J, uh who uh, John Boyega was because I was like, who is this black guy that's in The Force Awakens? So you went and, and sought uh, it out? Yeah, I Dang. went so I could see something like that he was in, you know, to see why, you know, maybe he was in this movie and that's the movie that I seen. So, yeah, yeah I seen that uh, like years ago, maybe in like 2014 or something like that. Nice. All right, do you got a recommendation for the week? Uh, That one would be it. <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to uh, to new releases. 
Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's go ahead and wrap up the the show here with some new releases now. Uh, we didn't do new releases last week, but so I've only decided to just talk about one thing that came out last Friday, which is a movie called Nobody. It's out in theaters right now, um, and it says here on the synopsis, Hutch Mansell fails to defend himself and his family when two thieves break into his suburban home one night. The aftermath of the incident soon strikes a match to his long-simmering rage. In a barrage of fists, gunfire, and squealing tires, Hutch must now save his wife and son from a, da- from a dangerous adversary and ensure that he will never be underestimated again. The film stars Bob Odenkirk, Connie Nielsen, RZA, Alexei uh, Serbyakov, and Christopher Lloyd. And that's an interesting uh, eclectic cast there. Christopher Lloyd was, uh, he was uh, the doc from Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah. um, by the way, uh, Bob Odenkirk also is from Better Call Saul. Um, but yeah, did you, uh, are you interested in this movie at all by any chance? Yeah, actually, uh, I actually am interested in this movie. I'm really uh, looking forward to see the performances more than anything. But it's a, it it, it, it the plot seems uh, very cool to me, you know. Um, so yeah, I've seen the the whole the hype on this movie, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm willing to check it out. I'm not gonna lie, this kind of feels like a discount, uh, great value, John Wick, in my opinion. But you know, yeah, I mean, but see, the thing about it is here. Same way with John Wick. John Wick is no different from a lot of revenge movies before that. But see, it's about the awareness of the movie. Like, if it's aware that I'm just being, I'm just going to, you know, be what I am and just be a revenge movie, your typical revenge movie, I'm just going to be fun, then it's going to be all right. Like like John Wick, you know, because really, when you think about it, John Wick, you had before that was the Liam Neeson movie. Um, Take it. Taken, yeah. right, and Taken was, you know, we seen that before, so yeah. as long as these movies are aware, and they're like, alright, look, I'm embracing that, that I'm just the typical revenge movie, then it could be fun, you know, and uh, so I that's why, it is, and it is the execution then, because, like, yeah. you got John Wick did it so good that everyone forgot what came yeah. before. Right, yeah. exactly. And if you look at John Wick, the plot, it was just razor thin. You know, someone kills his dog and he wants revenge. That's literally <laughs> the that's the plot. You know what I'm saying? So, it, you know, but again, like you said, it's the execution and it's the fun and the cast and all that stuff, which differentiates it from anything else. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to this. All right. And speaking of looking forward to, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong is out on March 31st, which is uh, Wednesday, the day after this episode drops. It's out in theaters and also available to all HBO Max subscribers for 31 days. Uh, The synopsis reads, Fearsome monsters Godzilla and King Kong square off in an epic battle for the ages while humanity looks to wipe out both the creatures and take back the planet once and for all. The film stars Alexander Skarsgård, Millie Bobby Brown, Rebecca Hall, Brian Tyree Henry, Shun Aguri, uh, Isa Gonzalez, Julian Dennison, Kyle Chandler, and Damian Bashir. Now, that's an interesting cast, by the way. So, um, I know Julian Dennison. He was from Deadpool 2. So, um, yeah, I just got to say... this is probably easily the pick of the week, like hands down. Like anything that comes out this week has to like be in Godzilla versus Kong's big ass shadows. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, for sure. Anything for sure. else you wanted to add to this? 
yeah, man, I'm I'm seeing it. I'm uh, I already got my tickets. I'm excited. I grew up watching the uh, original Godzilla vs Kong, and uh, yeah, this looks exciting. It looks fantastic, and the CGI. Real quick, real quick, the CGI maybe some of the best cgi i've ever seen just from the trailers alone it's like the shit looks so good it looks real for these to be big ass monsters it looks borderline perfect i'm like wow so you know i'm they might win an oscar for visual effects no joke okay all right um the uh the 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 verdict is still out for me like i i tentatively have plans to watch it for the first time at home but i may or may not go to the theaters and stuff so we'll see what happens either way we'll be having having impressions on it next week the next up is cow uh, concrete cowboy which is comes out on april 2nd on netflix uh the synopsis reads sent to live with his estranged father for the summer a rebellious teen finds kinship in a tight-knit philadelphia philadelphia community of black cowboys the film stars idris elba caleb mclaughlin jerrell jerrell jerome Byron Bowers, Lorraine Toussaint, and Method Man, uh, a.k.a. Clifford Smith. Did not know that that was his real name, by the way. Um, Have you seen the trailer for Concrete Cowboy by any chance? No, I have not. Never heard of it. <laughs> uh, it's a looks like a very much like a drama, like a coming of age teen drama and stuff. It's about the it's about the teenager and it just elbows the dad and you know it's um, it looks interesting and I, I'm pretty sure it'll be number one on net, on next week's uh, Netflix charts. So um, yeah, next up is the Unholy, which is coming out on April second, which is this Friday in theaters. Se- a separate side note: uh, the Unholy is. Uh, is how do I put this? It's a horror movie, and it's a uh, it's coming out on Easter weekend, which is also Friday. It's called Good Friday, so it's sort of like trying to be anti, you know, religious and stuff, or yeah, you know, right. to capitalize on that. So I actually have two synopsis because I didn't like the official synopsis. So the official synopsis reads: uh, Terror strikes when a disgraced uh, journalist investigates a girl who has the in- inexplicable power to heal the sick. Uh, it feels like that wasn't really doing it justice, so I went to the IMTB uh, synopsis, and it reads, A hearing impaired, impaired girl is visited by the Virgin Mary and can suddenly hear, speak, and heal the sick. As people flock to witness her miracles, terrifying events unfold. Are they the work of the Virgin Mary or something much more sinister? Now, that's a better description of that there, but uh, the second synopsis doesn't re- talk about anything about the, the journalist, which the, sh- the, the movie, having seen the trailer, the movie seems to revolve around the journalist. The journalist is played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's been in a lot of movies as well as The Walking Dead. Uh, so, yeah, the film stars. Hey, where's this Where's this supposed to come out on? Theaters. In theaters only? No yeah. streaming services? Correct. Oh, okay. Yeah, the film stars Jeffrey Dean Morgan, uh, Katie Asselton, William Sadler, Diago uh, Morgado, Cricket Brown, and also Carrie Elwes. Uh, he's been in a lot of stuff, including Saw. Uh, so, um, yeah. Cricket Brown. Man, it's star Cricket Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Am I supposed to know the name, or do you know who he is? Or No, it's just that name, Cricket. It's just... <laughs> it's just <laughs> That's a funny name to me. Like, your name, Cricket? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, obviously, I think that's pretty much all that we got to talk about as far as new releases. Yeah, pick of the week is Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, We'll be having our impressions next week. And, uh, yeah, with with all that out of the way, let's go ahead and, um, and finish out the show and end it here. 
And now the end is near And so I face the final curtain it is time to end. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Press. I'm oh, sorry, Ready Play Movies. Remember, you can reach the podcast at readyplaymovies at gmail.com or just simply at readyplaymovies on Twitter. So I'm on Twitter at chakalaka88 and Troy. At BracyTroy58. Don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, tell your friends about the show, and all that good stuff. See you next time. And maybe actually see ya because we'll be on video. Peace. Peace.